what is a pastor, what is pastoral care in the church and stuff like that. So if you didn't hear what I had to say last week, then I suggest you go um, onto the, the website or get on the podcast and listen to it, because it's actually very fundamental to the way that we work. Now, if you were here last week, there's a few questions to see if you were listening, okay? So, 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 so what is a pastor? A shepherd. Okay, how many times does the word pastor appear in, in the New Testament? Once, okay, so we've made a lot out of one word, um, translated from the Greek word. Who can remember the Greek word? This is a test, a real test. Ooh. Okay, yeah, there you've got it at the back there. You probably knew in advance anyway, but poime or something like that. So it's translated about 16 or 17 times by the word shepherd and just once by the word pastor. So a pastor is a shepherd. Um, and one of the things actually that, that we tried to do um, when I knew broken her leg was actually rally round, wasn't it, and actually enable you to get to hospital appointments and food and stuff like that. So, so which is which is a fantastic outworking of, of, of loving within within a community. But you know what was more important was the supernatural dimension, because it doesn't matter what you can rally around in human terms, none of us can make her foot come back into alignment. And the most important pastoral care, the thing that actually got you better and rallied you around, actually, is the dynamic interaction of God in your life. And I just want to say that, 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 that pastoral care without the dynamic interaction of God is actually going to be limited because it's actually just human resources trying to get things done and fixed. So the pastoral element of, of, of church is not complete without a supernatural element. Okay? And that's really, really important. And so every, every part of our life should have a supernatural element, otherwise we haven't got God in it. If you can do it on your own, you don't need God. Okay, so, so, um, okay, so who, who's, the, another one, who's the good shepherd? Good, these are easy questions at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> uh, who's the good shepherd? Jesus is the good shepherd. So, so who are we meant to be most connected to in terms of pastoral care? Jesus. So if any pastoral care disconnects you from Jesus, then there's something wrong with it. Or if actually you've got somebody who provides you with pastoral care and you need them more than you need Jesus, then a dependency has been brought about which is not helpful. Okay, so we start to look at that. So actually you don't want stuff. So the, the, the most important part of, of, of shepherding is actually connection with... <coughs> With a good shepherd, and anything that distances from you, you from him places you in danger. Okay? So what's, what was the most important job of the shepherd? What is the most important job of the shepherd? Protecting the flock. Yeah, because it's all very well having a, a sort of nice green pasture, but if wolves can come in, that's not a good idea. So, so what, what are we not towards wolves? Not nice. We're not friendly towards wolves, okay? We don't say, oh, nice wolf. Yeah, stroke, stroke, stroke. <laughs> Have your way amongst us is it, not a good idea, okay? So, so we, we do, do not do that. So we don't welcome wolves into our midst. We actually confront them. And there's a distance. We keep them out. Okay, that, that's, that's a really important thing. So... Um, now, how do we think we're going to work on, on, on YouTube? They've, they've done a heroic job of trying to get the sound as well. Can we dim, dim the lights? Because I'd like to show you a little... My kids, you ready for this? Dim the lights, there we go. Dim the lights, it's easy. Did you know we can dim the lights?
to do travelling groups. There you go. It's better to work together is the outcome of that, okay? That's it, that's it, that's it. One can go down for a minute, so... Um, I like those clips. <laughs> Ants don't like anteaters. Penguins don't like... Killer whales, that was a killer whale, I think. I think it's a killer whale. Actually, the sound definitely helped there, didn't it? It's an amazing little, little bit of sound, that actually, very evocative. Um, because what, what we ended up looking at last week was actually the power of one anothering, of being together. What can you achieve together? And uh, if you're a little crab, you've got a seagull dive-bombing you, what do you need from that clip? other crabs who are willing to join in and help you and uh, penguins working together managed to foil the nasty killer whale and uh, I, I like the one with the anteater I thought that was quite funny so, so, so that's fun but, but we worked our way through a list of one anothering didn't we of, of what we do together and because a pastoral community will actually look after itself. That's the way it's meant to be. It's not meant to be dependent on any one person. Because no one crab could have protected that little crab from that seagull. It needed everybody together. Not one of those penguins could have weighted that little iceberg. I guess it's an iceberg. To one side. <coughs> and um, not one ant would have been able to fall that anteater. But the power of being together is extraordinary. And... What, um, what did I promise you? This is for those of you here in the past. What did I promise you that I would actually look at this, this week? Oh, it's testing, isn't it? It's hard. This. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a word that, that we've said has been lost, I think, to Christianity in its beneficial form and, and has been enveloped in, in, in meanings that I don't think are helpful. And we need to get it back. Submission. What does it mean to submit? Because one of the things that the Bible tells us to do is submit to one another. And it also tells us really clearly in James chapter 3 that uh, wisdom that comes down from heaven, verse 17, is pure, peace-loving, considerate and submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So, so God's wisdom, which is actually the thinking of heaven, has contained within it submission. Now, when you think of the word submission, what, what sort of emotions does it provoke and evoke within you? Let's be honest about it. Servitude. Okay, thanks, Rob. Interact with me. Help me. Wrestling. Wrestling, that's true, yes, yeah, that, yeah, I remember that one from the good old days of Mick McManus and those sort of things. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, even, even WWF, which isn't really wrestling, it's theatre. Everybody know that? I'm sure that if that's not choreographed, I, just as a, talking medically, you can't do that to somebody and then not end up in, in trouble. So, so, wrestling, servitude, what else? Anger. Okay, there we go. Oh, that's, that's, that's a strong, strong, strong. I understand that. And actually, if we're honest, some of us would act that that is an honest emotion why angry sorry humility that's a good word authority yeah authority 
Weakness. Okay. Don't know where that one came from, but I was good. Fear. Ah, there we go. Now we start to hit at some things. Okay, so, so when submission produces servitude or slavery, fear, anger, do we think we've got a heavenly perspective upon it? I don't think so. You understand? Because, because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Um, love is not easily angered. It doesn't be so angry. And He hasn't made us to be slaves. Called us to be sons. So, so, but when, when you are, uh, when you experience submission through servitude and fear, then, then it will provoke this stuff within you. So, so, Eden. Hi, Eden. Know your name now. Got it. Got it from London. That was embarrassing on Monday. I said, I said where do I recognise you from? He said, North Kent Community Church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been coming? Oh, okay, so sorry. <laughs> just because I'm not here all the time, I'm ever so sorry. But we had a good time, I pray for him, I know. You pray, for, pray for me. Where was I? I lost it. Authority, authority. Okay. Submission and authority was that have to fit together. Because I do. If you look in the Bible, then, then but basically what you're asked to submit to is authority. That's the key, that's the key thing. So, so, if you want to have a, a heavenly view of submission, what do you have to have of authority? Heavenly view of authority. Okay. So, in, let me find it. Matthew 21, I think it is. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 23. So, Jesus entered the temple courts and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him by what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Now, those are good questions, okay? So, by what authority are you doing things, and who gave you this authority? So, if you, if you have an authoritarian structure or authority structure that induces fear and servitude, then the good question is, where where's that come from? Not coming out of heaven, I would suggest. So, so Jesus replied. So, uh, but the, it is a good question to ask because actually, the, the you know, where did you get? How did? Who gave you authority to do this? Now, everywhere that Jesus went, people would say, "Man, I've never seen that." Where, where did he get this authority from? He teaches with authority. If, when, when we went back to Nazareth, they say, "Where did he get this from? How, how come he can do miracles?" Where did he get this wisdom from? That's the question that is asked all throughout the, the Gospels. Is Where did he get this authority from that he teaches like this? Where did he get authority from that he casts out demons? Where did he get authority from to make a mute person speak? That, this is the question that keeps... And what, what is provoked in, in, in the chief priests? Where did he get this from? So Jesus asks them a question. He says, okay, I'll, ask, I'll answer you if you answer me. I'll t- <coughs> He says, if you answer me, I'll tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. So he asked them a question about John's baptism. John's baptism, where did it come from? So where where did John the Baptist get his authority to baptize people from? And Jesus said, was it from heaven or from men? Now what is important there, and I know we we know the answer, but actually I want you to concentrate on the question. Because what Jesus is identifying is it's possible to get your authority from heaven or from men. 
they discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask them, why didn't you believe him? So, so what is, Jesus is saying is that if you recognize something from heaven, that there is a, <laughs> you should believe it. That's where faith, faith engages with believing that. Oh, it's Brian at the back. Hi, Brian. Went well on Monday, eight, didn't it? Brian did a great job at Glory Mile on Monday. I wanted to just say commendations on that. So, so from heaven, then, then you believe. If we say from men, we're afraid of the people. See, what happens if, if you... It's here, isn't it? If you equate authority as human, what's the immediate response? Fear. It's there. You see, actually, because... because <coughs> why were they afraid of the people? Because... They held that John was a prophet. See, what they're saying is the people recognise that he's, he's actually he's got something from heaven. John the Baptist has got something that only God could give. So if we dismiss that and say he just got it from men, woo, we're in trouble. But if we say it came from heaven, we should believe it and we don't want to. Because it has implications for our lives. Because what will it do? It will actually diminish our authority and I tell you religious people do not like their authority being diminished but they do like you to submit to them <laughs> ok so how does authority work and without going into it in great detail and um, I could do because I've, I've studied it a lot and a lot and a lot probably more than any other subject in the last five years I, I've studied this issue of authority um, in the biblical terms and this is my understanding of it and I've taught it before you can there's a couple of chapters in my book on it I believe that, that heaven's authority is given to us for the benefit of other people not to exercise authority over people Okay, and I'll, I'll illustrate that. It says in Matthew chapter 20, um, the context was that um, uh, James and John's mum had come along and said to Jesus, hey, would you, you know, give my boys a special place when we get to heaven, basically. Because a lot of, um, just go back, a lot of human authorities interested in position. What position does it give me rather than what opportunities to serve does it give me? Um, so... <coughs> Jesus called them together because the, t- the ten heard that, that, that James and John were trying to get in, in, in a track on actually sitting at Jesus' right hand and left hand when they got to heaven. Um, and Jesus called them together and says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Okay, so this is what goes on. Not so with you, he says. Okay, that's not the way you're meant to do it. What's he saying? You're not meant to try and lord it over or exercise authority over people. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Actually, what he's saying is that the authority should actually result in service. Making sense? So if I receive something from heaven, which has invested with it heaven's authority, okay? So if I get a gift from heaven, I get authority to use that gift. As was illustrated yesterday. So how many? 3,200 prophetic words given in this room? Wow. Who gave you authority to do that? Well, it wasn't dependent upon a human resource, was it? We said, actually, wow. 
God wants to enable you to prophesy, and as he does so, then you will bring heaven's resources into other people's lives. And that produces freedom and all sorts of other, other things. So the key issue is, is actually that I think it's very easy to submit to heaven's authority because it produces freedom rather than slavery. And it produces love rather than fear. Okay? The classic um, passage it talks about actually where it says submit to one another, yeah? to each other. So actually the other the key, oh, really I'm trying to do this quickly, uh, not doing it justice, apologies for that, but I will maybe expand on it some other time. The context that, that submission has to exist in is, is, is equality. Okay? So is the body of Christ equal? It is. Okay? Clearly so in the Bible. The best, best example of, of, of the body of Christ um, is in 1 Corinthians 12, and it, it clearly shows everything is, is equal, but different. Okay? Different. Different gifts, same spirit. Different service, same Lord. It says, you know, and then it goes on to say this, the body, is any part more important than another part of the body? No, actually. All, all important, otherwise the body doesn't work together. Some are more obvious, and if you damage some parts of the body, it has more, more, obviously more effect, but, but, but actually the whole body is, is equally important, is, what, is what, what that's saying. So, if you get the idea of equality, so how many of us have spiritual gifts? All of us. Okay? Now, here's the, here is, I want to submit to your spiritual gift because I want to get all the goodies out of heaven that are possible for my life. Okay? So submission is linked to heaven's authority. Now, one of the keys that we need to understand that, that leadership is a spiritual gift, which is necessary within the church. So you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater and say, oh, there's no, no, there'll be no leadership. No. What we need to recognize is, is the spiritual gifting that rests upon people, and submitting to that is very simple, I would suggest, and easy, because it, it produces life and freedom. One of the best ways to, 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 to see it. So, in any context, actually, there'll be different gifts working. There should be. And that means it's easy. So we submit to one another. Nobody's trying to lord it over and be the top boss, okay? She said, I'm not the top boss of this environment. I have a, a senior leadership role, I understand that, and that gift has been given to me I believe by God, and, and therefore <coughs> people submit to the gift that's within me rather than the position that I have. Okay, that, that's, a, that's the principle I want to get at, that, that you submit to the, the, the gift that God has made you to be, not a positional concept. Because if, going back to Pete, if, if you're demanded to submit because I have authority over you, it will probably rise up this stuff within you. <clears throat> and I just want to get rid of the concept of, of a hierarchy within the church. And this is huge, okay, to try and, try and demolish hierarchy in people's thinking is vast. It's a challenge because it's within us. It really is. And if you've been, you know, it's, it's within cultures, within society, it's within churches. So actually working this out and not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, okay? 
So like I'm saying, we, we, we value freedom in this place as much as anything, but it doesn't mean to say you're free to do just whatever you like if you're going to damage the flock. Yeah? So we value authority, but that doesn't mean to say you can just get on and do whatever you like and blast it over people. Okay, authority and submission. So I, I'm happy to exercise my authority for your benefit. I'm also happy to submit to the gifts that you, you, you have so that I actually benefit from them. My, you get into that? Make a sense. Okay, so that, that, that's, the, that's the key thing. Um, and just on the concept, did Jesus ever demand people to submit, submit to him? I can't find it. <laughs> if anybody had the right to demand submission, it would be Jesus. Now, I tell you what, if you, if you were a good, sh- good shepherd and you've just fed the 5,000 people, which is a nice shepherdly activity, and then you offer them the next meal, which is eat my flesh and drink my blood, and they go, no, I don't fancy that meal, so off we go. Woo. And it says they all left him except the 12. Now, if you're desperate to keep your church alive at that moment in time, then those 12 are kind of important, aren't they? And after all, well, you've chosen them. Put yourself in the <laughs> So I'd be pretty keen to make sure they didn't leave. Well, what does Jesus say? What are you doing, guys? He always gives them choice. What Jesus will always give you is, is an invitation to follow and receive. And that's what leadership should be like, an invitation to follow and benefit from, not a demand for servitude. Okay? Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the model. And if you want to do a study on this, as I have, if you study how Jesus exercised authority through the Gospels, I think you will be highly enlightened. Because that's what I've done time and time again. I thought, how did Jesus do it? Because if, if he's the good shepherd, he's the model that I need to follow. He, and we want to say, he is our model of a shepherd. But actually, he wasn't frightened to confront things. But he used to use his authority powerfully to heal the sick, to bring freedom, to cast cast out demons. And ultimately, he used his authority to overcome all sickness, all sin, and death itself. And do you know how much authority has Jesus got? All authority. And who's he given it to? Us. And the word us is vitally important. He didn't give it to any... One individual is giving it to us. Okay. Are we ready with the next clip? Will that work? I thought you might like this. This is fun.
let it be known. I like that. It's fun. What will happen when the world sees a community that loves one another unconditionally? That's, that's the outcome of pastoral care. The truly pastoral church will love Jesus beyond measure and love each other unconditionally. We'll look out for one another, we'll protect one another, we'll rejoice with one another, we'll worship together. And there's one way that people will know that we're the disciples of Jesus. By our love. And <clears throat> Whoa, hello, there we go. While the light's going out. I just think it's fun that that is Rob Wall in the cassock, isn't it? That is Rob Wall, I'm thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's the guy that, that, that Brian Smith is working with in, in London. And so, that, so the guy dancing in a cassock. You know. So if you're trying to listen to this on the podcast, you've got no idea what we're talking about, but that's okay. So ultimately what I'm trying to say is that we need to love God more than ever. Because he's amazing, and then we need to love one another. And we're part of something that's happening in the world that is amazing. And it is being known that our God saves. It really is. So let's pray together, shall we? Jesus, thank you that you are the amazing Good Shepherd. And I just want to invite you to submit your life to him. I want to use that word in the context of who Jesus is. I happily submit my life to Jesus because he loves me unconditionally. I just want you now to... Proclaim Jesus as Lord over your own personal life. Jesus, you can have it all. Everything. There's a great exchange that goes on when somebody gets born again, which is they leave, a, leave behind a way of life to accept the life that Jesus has on offer. That's what submission is. Just say, Jesus, I happily submit to you you are Lord of all I'd like you to do that again if you've never done it for the first time then please do it for the first time if you need help with that come and talk to myself or somebody afterwards we want you to know Jesus and who he is in full measure and he will not exercise authority over you but he will give you life he is king of kings and lord of lords okay he has all authority, but he is amazing. He is love incarnate. You are the good shepherd. Lord Jesus, would you help us to know how to love one another? How to look out for one another. How to encourage one another. How to stimulate one another. How to protect one another. Father, thank you that love never fails. So we pray for love to come and enter our hearts in greater measure right now. I pray for the love of God to be made known in your heart in greater measure, day by day by day.